0: Let us be attentive. Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our fathers, for you are just in all you have done. Wisdom. (coughs) The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, when Christ, who is our life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. In these you once walked when you lived in them, But now put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and foul talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old nature with its practices and have put on the new nature, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there cannot be Greek and Jew Circumcised and uncircumcised, Barbarian, Scythian, slave, free man, But Christ is all and in all.
1: Peace be with you, the reader. wisdom arise, let us hear the holy gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the holy gospel according to St. Luke. Let us be attentive. The Lord said this parable. A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for all is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I go out and see it. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I must go to examine them. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported this to his master. Then the householder in anger said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and maimed and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done and there is still room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. For many are called, but few are chosen. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel.
2: Good morning. Good morning. I would like to ask today, what makes Charles Dickens' novella, A Christmas Carol, so great? Perhaps we haven't read it, but perhaps we've seen it on TV or a play. Maybe we've at least seen the Mickey Mouse version of it, right? But I ask, what makes that story so great? The ghosts? Certainly there are better examples of ghost stories than this from Charles Dickens' time. The memorable characters? Maybe. Who can forget Jacob Marley, Scrooge's deceased business partner, who wanders the earth through all eternity weighed down with a chain and uh, lock boxes and things connected to that chain, representing his sins. The exposing of poverty in Victorian England? Certainly that adds a certain grittiness to the story. The fanciful reminiscing about the past when the ghost of Christmas past visits Ebenezer Scrooge? Surely there's something satisfying about that when he looks back at his life, right? But there is something in addition to all these things that makes A Christmas Carol the classic story that it is. You'll remember that the central character of A Christmas Carol is Ebenezer Scrooge, a miserly London-based moneylender described in the story itself itself as... A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Covetous. A single adjective that really describes Ebenezer Scrooge. But didn't we just hear this word, covetous, that is greedy, in the epistle lesson today? Some of the early Christians in today's epistle lesson, too, may have had problems with covetousness or greed. We read in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. In no uncertain terms, early Christians were warned, you don't do these things anymore if you call yourself a Christian. It is very clear over and over again in the New Testament that one cannot simply accept the Messiah, but rather a Christian needed to act like one, living and upright, moral, dignified life, avoiding sins like fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. Like Ebenezer Scrooge, early Christians were warned not to do these things. (laughs) Unfortunately, don't we sometimes find the same today, too? Christian name but not in practice? What a danger this is. We need to put to death, therefore, what is earthly in us, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. These things need to be put to death before they put us to death. The ghost of Christmas yet to come warned Ebenezer Scrooge if he continues in his sin, he will die with no one to grieve for him. We are warned too not so much about our physical death, which both righteous and unrighteous people will undergo. No, rather we are warned of a physical death, a spiritual death, caused by serious sins that are not put to death in our own lives. Many or most early Christians did indeed put to death what is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. We read in this morning in Colossians chapter 3, verse 6, if in these you once walked when you lived in them, unquote, that is, the early Christians did indeed put to death their old sinful lives. God's forgiveness is so great that he can forgive even those former pagans. He can cleanse them from their sins and he can raise them up to a higher, dignified life full of God's mercy, love, and help. Isn't this the most beautiful part? The transformation and saving of those who are formerly lost, the saving of those who are formerly distant from God, bereft of the knowledge of God and of his love. So, what is the most important part, most beautiful part of a Christmas of a Christmas carol? It is the transformation of Ebenezer Scrooge. It is a putting to death of what is earthly in himself. In this case, in his case, covetousness. In the end, everything is okay because Ebenezer Scrooge truly changed. He truly repented, and that that is why it is so uplifting and joyous at the end. The question is, Have we put to death what is earthly in us? Have we? We probably won't have the benefit of having a ghost or a personal vision or a dream warning us. Let us all take the warning seriously. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Examine yourselves and turn to the living God. In the end... We we can we can end up in the end like Jacob Marley, weighted down by our sins, or we can end up like the repentant Ebenezer Scrooge, rejoicing in the Lord on Christmas Day and every day through all eternity. It is our choice. Let us choose wisely. Amen.